Hello, to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And boy, we're coming at you with some finishing era of the Guardians of the Galaxy, though uh, when this movie does end, it doesn't feel like it's technically finished. It's not like one of those ones where like, guess what, kids? All your favorite Guardians of the Galaxy kids, they all they all get space aids and die. That's it. It's just how life is. <laughs> get used to it. We, we, had, we had to break this new generation in hard. <laughs> Don't shout eagles, kids, even if you get them from a talking raccoon. Actually, especially. No, yeah. um, it's one of those things where, where um, before we go into it, like, let's just get this part out of the way, because um, we will do go into spoilers. Did you overall like it? I overall liked it. I actually uh, was... Um... I thought it was pretty solid, and I think the one of my main things, because I say this on every Marvel movie, is it's the balance of comedy is almost like what kind of makes or breaks the Marvel movie for me, at least. And I thought this was one of those ones where, like, the comedy was well in check. I mean, you expect a little bit more comedy of Guardians, of course, but I felt like the jokes all generally fit. There never was that time where it's like, oh, dude, come on, who, who let that get by? Like, that's that just broke the mood or anything like that. Like, I felt like the pacing was better than at least the second one, where the second one did have some of those moments that felt like that joke should have just not been there. It just wasn't the right place for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, you, you pretty much summed up how I feel about a lot of Marvel stuff. I felt a lot of people feel in Marvel right now where the comedy, because at first you were, you were one of the only people that was adamant <laughs> about how much the comedy got on your nerves and then in time you're like well you know it's a comic book thing you got to kind of ease people into it but then like by the time everyone's already on board everyone likes it they're even going harder and harder and harder on the comedy and by that point everyone else is like we fucking get it we fucking get it and now i think that now they're they're like more because I, I think marvel usually is quick to correct like after mm-hmm. like a couple of movies i mean phase four has been kind of lagging a little bit but um I think now they're kind of starting to correct. But anyway, I, I really liked it as far as where it stands among the other Guardians. Because um, when I saw the first Guardians, I liked it. But the more I thought about it, it was like um, I found myself liking it a lot more. It was kind of one of those things where walking out of the theater, like, it was fun. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's it, it was a fun movie. Then the more I was like, well, actually you had this going for it, had that going for it. And then I ended up seeing it a second time. It's like, no, that movie was actually really good. I don't know why I was just only kind of, kind of liked it the first time. And then the second one, I don't think it's as well made of a movie as the first one, but I kind of like the, I like mm-hmm. like the story more, if that makes any sense, you know? No. Yeah. I, I kind of see what you mean by like that way too. Cause that's sort of how I feel almost as well like i think guardians of galaxy one is probably in my top five of those uh marvel the the marvel uh disney version movies i guess you would say because it does mcu yeah yeah i mean i mean i guess the only one that really let's be honest the only one that probably really like knocks the boat down for or throws in one there is a daredevil ben affleck director's cut because i love that movie so much but um uh, that one there, I think, is one of the top ones. The second one's one of those ones where, yeah, it's really almost just as good, but it just has a couple little hinges in there that I always felt like were just like, they're small, but they don't really, it's not like they're like the worst case thing. All you have to do is sort of blink and that scene goes by and you don't have to worry about it. But it, it's just enough, but it's it's still damn close. I think it's right there with the first one, you know? And the third one, I think, is about pretty much on board, like, as I said. Like, I don't know, I probably might even like one and two, maybe a little bit more. I've only watched the third one once, of course, but... It's still pretty solid. Yeah, I, I for me, third one, I don't really have a whole lot of complaints. Like I'll say this: the movie didn't drag, 
but the pacing did, did feel a little off because there were moments where I thought this is wrapping up and it kind of did the thing like, no, we got a whole other act. You got to go through right here. Like, oh, well, I mean, don't be wrong. That last act was probably the best part of the movie, but it also the pacing felt a little off. And I'll say some of the locations they went to weren't as interesting as other Guardians films or mo- other Marvel movies the Guardians happen to be in. But that said, um, I still found this to be a, I, I don't know, I think Rocket, I think it also felt kind of weird because Rocket is like the best part of this movie. And technically he's like out of majority of it. And we kind of get our Rocket filler in the flashbacks. And, but it's so, it feels a little weird having them all bounce around without Rocket there. But at the exact same time, I still feel like the movie really works though. Yeah, that was one thing I thought, too, though. It was kind of strange. It was like, I almost felt like Rocket was going to get healed a little bit earlier in the movie. And and so on. it's like, oh, no, no, no. They're, they're literally saving that for, like, almost like Act 4 because this this one is long in a sense. Like, it's, it's weird. There, there's, like, a handful of these last Marvel movies where they've almost been maybe just, like, an extra 10 or 20 minutes longer than they probably needed to be. It's not that they're bad. They're still all enjoyable throughout it. But I felt like that was the same way I felt about Black Panther, too. Like, it felt like it was just... They were trying to all make them like that epic length of like two out two and a half hours long when they probably could have been, you know, a solid just pushing over two hours length, you know, even the same with this one here. But um, it's not like there's like a part where you're like, Jesus, that 20 minute scene where nothing happens. It's not like one of those, but, you know, it's just there. But it is kind of weird to not have Rocket because I feel like Rocket's the most interesting character of the Guardians by far. You know, I like a lot of the other characters, too. But I think if you didn't have Rocket in there, like... Who who knows? I feel like that would that really that wouldn't just take out like one fifth of like the movie. That would take out more like I feel like sixty per plus percent of the movie. Like that's how cool that character is. Yeah, I mean he's probably I, I'd be lying if I said I knew a whole lot about Rocket from the comics because I never read a Guardians of the Galaxy comic. Mm-hmm. But um, and it's also one of those things like I like the um, I like the movie so much like this movie franchise that's the thing about guardians of galaxy let me just say this about this is a franchise a film franchise it was one of those things where i knew initially it took place it takes place in the marvel cinematic universe but the first two movies are so separate from everything else even though there is kind of like there's sort of a the collector has a cameo in um thor 2 it's felt so separate from everything else that it just felt kind of like this cool new sci-fi film series. You know, I mm-hmm. knew that there was a comic based on it. And I knew of Rocket. I knew of Groot. But all I knew of the Guardians is there's a direct, there's a talking raccoon, a tree, and a guy in a mask. That's all I know about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, so it was kind of cool just going to this thing, not knowing anything about it. And then hearing and seeing pictures all oh, in this, it's way different. That's way different. So it's kind of like, I'm almost, I'm almost afraid to like read the comics because I don't want it to be ruined for me. Be like, what? <laughs> they do that in the comics? Oh, that is so much cooler. But regardless, um, this, um, regardless of that, uh, there's something else going with this. Um, yeah, now that they are more of a bigger part of the overall MCU and they're interacting more with mm-hmm. everything else, I think my, I think that it's just one of those things where it seemed to kind of like, uh, how do I put it, like, it almost seemed to kind of lose a little bit of that kind of identity to me, kind of like what I, what I, I mean, maybe I know it was always leading to something bigger. It was always leading to Endgame and Infinity War, but it seemed to kind of lose a little bit of like what, what I'm, 
I, at least me personally, what I associated that as, which was this cool oddball space comedy, space action adventure comedy, but then became more of just like another, another Marvel franchise, you know? Yeah, exactly. Which I will say like, Guardians is one of those ones, in my opinion, could sort of just work as its own solo. It doesn't have to necessarily interact with the MCU. I know this, like, they they love everything interacting this day and age, but, like, I feel like Guardians is almost like, that could be landlocked to itself, and I think that would be totally fine. Uh, you know what I mean? I think you could just run with it, and there's so much stuff you can tell out there that you would never even, there's no real reason even to connect. I'm not saying it's bad that it connects, but I'm just saying it doesn't need to. That's, like, how good it is. Well, I also thought something I like is um, Rocket is the loud, smart, smart-ass character in the first Guardians as well as the second Guardians, but he's very competent. And then by the time you get to Infinity War and Endgame, it's like he almost had uh, both he and Nebula almost had to become more of like um, more serious. And like I mean, mm-hmm. Nebula, Nebula was always here. That's kind of interesting. They both kind of this weird trade-off, like. Rocket became way more of like, okay, I got to kind of hold shit down. Thor is an alcoholic and he's like, he put on a hundred pounds. I got to, well, I'm not a fucking raccoon. And I got to be the one to kind of like step in and <laughs> tell, tell people how to do things, you know? And mm-hmm. then like even Nebula who started off the first movie, she just kind of like mean mugging the whole time and talking a low voice and, we kind of get hints of there's something a little bit more there in the first one, but as the series goes on, how she almost develops more than almost any other character. Yeah, no, I, I like Nebula. The farther that character kind of goes on, I'm like that, that's actually a really cool character. And I'm kind of glad that she has much bigger parts as like the time has gone on. Yeah. Like I think that she and rocket are like two of the best parts of Endgame. I think. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, definitely there, you know, and just giving them more, all these kind of character places to keep moving on and to hold things down and how Rocket, yeah, does have to take, like, things before he just does, like, I go where I want to go. You know, he he's almost has that Wolverine personality to the fact that, like, this is my fucking family now. You know, this is my raccoon patrol. <laughs> well, he also, he also does the thing, though, because he's really smart. But then he's just dumb, like, in some ways, too. Like, he doesn't realize, like, oh, shit, was I rink- winking with the wrong side of my face? You know, when he talks shit to the gold people in the second movie or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't or, get some things. Or, like, you know, he just, like, you know, he's just kind of known. But then, like, it's so interesting because um, did you ever watch the, because I know you're not, like, a big TV guy, but did you by chance watch the uh, Christmas special on Disney Plus? No, I didn't know there was a Christmas special. Yeah, so there was a uh, Guardians Wait, of the Galaxy. It? This must be like a joke on the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it's not that exactly. They don't have like Jefferson Airplane coming in and like, or like, or someone jerking off in the living room while like, you know, stormtroopers like raiding the house or nothing like that. You know? And then Carrie um, Fisher just comes on out and decides she's going to sing a Christmas Star Wars song at the end. And everyone's just looking around like, is this in the fucking scripts? Like, there's a there's shit. There's a script. I don't even know that. <laughs> no one gave me a fucking yeah, script. That, like Harrison Ford going like, there's no fucking script. George <laughs> just scribbled something on a napkin and said, uh, you, TV guys, figure it out. <laughs> we're here to sell. We're here to get pre-orders for a Bubble Fett action figure. Okay. Luke's but, like, um, I got mine. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, so uh, it, it, it basically there is a uh, there's a Christmas special. It's like only like forty minutes long or so. It was on Disney Plus, and mm. um, it, it's 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 very comical. It's very comic forward, um, and um, they actually Kevin Bacon's in it, 
and it, it basically what happens you, is you know that i guess that makes way more sense because i remember when the credits were rolling I'm like what the hell is that kevin bacon up there <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was the one thing i thought i was like why is kevin bacon up in there what movie was he in <laughs> so what happens is um peter because it gives more setup so basically they went to nowhere and it got across they're treating nowhere as this um hub for um people that were like lost their homes or had nowhere to go after the blip and the guardians are helping kind of maintain and manage everything. And that's where Cosmo, the dog was there. Craglin was there more members of the guardians by that point. And Peter was drinking and not feeling so good. Cause he was still down about Nebula. And uh, somehow Mantis figured out that she and Peter are actually, um, are actually half siblings that she is also the daughter of ego. So, um, and she's like, she wants to make Peter happy for, for Christmas. So they said, he's always talking about how he idolizes some great warrior called Kevin Bacon. He's on earth, you know? So they go to Drax and Nebula, not Nebula, uh, Mantis go to, um, earth to basically kidnap Kevin Bacon. It's a whole kind of funny, it is a very slapsticky cart, but you know what yeah. you're getting into. Yeah. You yeah. Know? As I say that, that one feels like, yeah, that, that's, a, that, that's like, you, you already know what it is. It's not, you know, it's a, it says Christmas special. Like, yeah. So <laughs> their it, arms crossed, like this should have been serious. You know what I mean? Like Jesus is serious. This should be serious. Yeah. This is the one where they go extra hard. No. So they go up there. So they bring him back. And it is kind of like a funny thing. Cause like, you know, she does the whole like touch thing to make Kevin Bacon. Like, What's going on? I have no idea. Why are you kidnapping me? You know, and they do the like touch thing to him. And then, you know, and they're like, oh, he's an actor. They, they just suddenly hate actors. Like, Why is he like an actor? What is wrong with Earth people? Why do they like actors so much? <laughs> is it like, is, does it go like Galaxy Quest where then he ends up saving the day? Like, not that. They get him, the, you know, they, they decide to put on a big Christmas party to make Peter happy and they surprise him and they get a box. And then Kevin Bacon's like, hey, man, Merry Christmas. Like, did you guys kidnap Kevin Bacon? Like, no, look, he's happy to be here. Like, Nebula, uh, Mantis, take your powers off him. And then, like, she unzaps him. And he says, what the fuck's going on? He's say like, fuck. But he's all freaking out. And he's all like, uh, uh, you know, and then um, they work it out. They have a nice moment. And then we, you know, everything ends up being happy and, and funny in, in the end. But the big thing that happens in that is we realize that uh, Mantis and Peter are siblings to Ego. And uh, they started moving operations to nowhere. So that's why everyone's hanging out there. Okay. So, see, I think that's the only thing that's kind of a little bit kind of confusing nowadays is like, when you go to watch the Marvel movies, there's, there's always like this like percentage of like material that's like, Oh, you didn't see this. Well, it's probably gonna be slightly confusing or you're just going to be like, huh? Oh, okay. Carry on. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. I noticed that that's like that's literally I was like, like Doctor Strange. I remember was the one like or Doctor Strange two was the one where there, there was just that, yeah. If you didn't see that one division, there was parts where you're just sitting there like, well, that's weird. Oh, okay. You, you know, you you sort of piece it together, but like you still feel like there's you, you feel like there's definitely something you missed out on. You know, mm -hmm. like they're they're not made like how they used to be. Where like they're like, okay, we'll keep it where they interconnect, but not so much so that you have to sort of kind of keep up with everything. They might have a line that references some of a yeah. previous movie, but you didn't have to see it. But now it's like, you have been keeping up, fuck you, we're still going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess going into spoilers towards this thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where it stands for me. I need to see it again. Uh, but it, I, I definitely like it a lot. I don't know if I like it more than the first two, but I like Rocket's story. I think everything with Rocket is probably 
some of the best stuff, not in just Guardians, but the MCU altogether. Yeah, no, that that stuff's kind of good to see, like, why he's so pissed at, like, his makers and so on like that. It kind of gives real good reason, you know, why, you know, he's in this, like, in a sense, experimental torture chamber with all these other animals that are being put together as cyborgs and what have you. Like, literally, it sounds weird, but, like, it's almost like the equivalent of, like, a dark Mobius of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's, like, almost like how it feels, like, especially, like, the Sonic the 1993 show. Like, that's sort of how it feels. It's, like, make it just, like, a little bit more darker, and that's what you sort I got because you got all these animals walking around with like robot arms and blasters attached to them and wheels and so on like that but it's not really funny <laughs> well it, it also adds like well because you first see amber when like people saw a trailer to like guardians of galaxy some people were excited they'd be like is that a fucking raccoon with a gun is that what they're doing with this shit now and then sure enough people really liked the movie mm-hmm. and then you kind of see oh this is what you do to make a rock, to make a, to make a raccoon with a gun. And you kind of see, you know, the, the opening shot of the movie is just a little baby rocket being reached in looking scared as hell. And then you see the aftermath and you see like the details they went into where he has like these weird metal braces that's protrude out of his chest and kind of like hold him in a certain position. You saw like on his little paws that they actually added like robotic, like attachments that eventually his skin and fur apparently grew over, but we saw that so his hands can do things that they couldn't do before. And I think one of the things about the whole rocket backstory that made it so fucked up is um, the rocket and the other animals. If you just kind of like, if you close your eyes and just hear what they're saying, you could be watching like, like a very tame G-rated film. But then you open your eyes and you see, because, you know, they're all talking like, oh, gee, you know, they're all they have cute, silly voices and shit. Because they're all like kids. They're, they're all child soldiers in a sense. In a sense. Yeah. They're all children, basically. And then you open your eyes and you see they all have like, they're cute animals, but there's the rabbit with no limbs that has the weird attachments that make it walk and it has something over its mouth. There's like the the walrus has those weird attachments that make his eyes go up and down and you, you know, and your rocket rocket looks okay compared to the rest <laughs> yeah. of them. Compared to him, he, he got definitely, he's, he got off better than everybody else. Everybody else was like the bad experiment gone wrong. And then you see how everyone else looks and you see in their setting, you're like, they're not in this later. This is a flashback. This, this shit's not going to go good. And you see how like, so it's one of those things where it's just like that adds so much level of like, this is so fucked up, you know? It's like they literally let Sid from Toy Story come in to like do some animal <laughs> manipulation. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. yeah. that, that's literally what I started thinking when I saw that. I was like, that's almost what it feels like here. The if if the uh, if the um, whatchamacallit, if the um, I mean that dude really did like Earth a lot, so I wouldn't be out of the question that he would have abducted Sid. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's like, Teach me your ways, child. <laughs> <laughs> Something about this white trash boy. <laughs> in suburban a, I can learn from him. <laughs> yeah, one of those ones, like there. Like that, 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 yeah, that that part really, all that shit was I mean, one of the things I think probably I thought was the most. I think it's one of the best scenes, and also I, how do I put it? I, I might. I hope I'm not overly. Anal- I hope I'm not over analyzing this, but there's the rabbit. Uh, uh, floor, floor. There's yeah. the rabbit. And when they when shit goes bad, 
and they're trying to get out of there. One because one of the things Floor has probably the cutest voice, like the most kind of cartoony, bubbly voice, but at the same time has like bad, like almost childlike grammar, can barely string a sentence together. And then when they're leaving and things start to go bad, Floor keeps on repeating the same line. Just say, just says their names. Go now, like. Rocket floor, teeths go now. Rocket floor, teeths go now. Just saying it really rapid like that. And I think there's just something so, like, kind of haunting and fucked up about that, because, for, at least for me, because the idea it's like, you, it, you, it's not smart enough to say what it wants to say, but you could, you could just tell that it's just saying the same line over and over and over, that that is like, it, it knows it's about to fucking die. It knows they're all about to die. Yeah. And they gotta get, they gotta get the fuck out of it. Like there's something about that part that really just like kind of not haunted might be too strong of a word, but you know, well, I think it's that point where, like, no matter what, they were never going to make it out of there because I think that, like, even if they made this, the rocket and got out, um, they the the other three were they were just they, their time was already coming to an end. Like, they, they were they were just not going to survive the treatment. See, Rocket was the one advanced kind of like creature in there, you know, and that was what made him sort of different. Where I felt the other ones were all kind of like they were experiments and they were to get to the point because every everything in this movie is just like it's the experiment to the next step to the next step to the next step you know it's that thing where like the guy really wants to do good but he has to do a lot of bad to get there and that's how he views it in a sense like in his ideal mind he's not trying to be the worst guy on the, the face of the galaxy though you know he pretty much is it's like he's really trying to do something right but it's almost like that thing it's like dude you know you know it's just not working out let's let's be honest yeah. It's it's that whole thing of like where well it's also a level of like this is that ultimate perfectionist thing that you can't ever achieve perfection technically but some people will try so damn hard to no one can ever well something that kind of goes through I think um, at least I, I'm not sure about the first one I got to think about it but maybe the first one to some extent but definitely the second and third one is ego I mean the villain of the second one is literally named ego. It's about, you know, I mean, we're either not, it's not about conquering ego in the third one. It's about, um, I mean, I, I, it's, it's more about, you know, I guess getting over your own, you know, grief and own failures to move forward. Cause rocket really is, even though he's absent for a good portion of it, he really is the main character of this film. Yeah. Cause he is because of like almost like the flashbacks and the tie-ins to everything, like really without rocket, there's no reason for him to do what they're doing. But um, it is kind of like a, hey, the rest of the Guardians got to go out. We got to save Rocket. We got to get him back. That's the whole goal there. You know, we, we work as a team and, you know, that, that's it. Where, of course, you know, Gamora's like, fuck that raccoon. Just leave him there. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't saving him. I ain't going out of the way for that thing. Well, I guess, it, well, because, you know, the second the second one, because, you know, um, Stallone and those Ravengers apparently they're like the original Guardians of the Galaxy or members of the original Guardians of the Galaxy because it was a weird little comic that a lot of people didn't read and then Brian Michael Bendez I think it was Brian Michael Bendez hopped on it and made the team we think of and know of as Guardians and that's what the movie is mostly going off of so I thought that the um after that teaser in the second Guardians 
I thought that they were going to be the original teams. Be more played more of a relevant part with Stallone and those other the, the Snake guy who makes Doctor Strange circles and shit. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, oh, they're they're not doing. They're just kind of there. Like, oh, it is what it is. I'm not nothing. I'm going to lose sleep yeah. over because I will say Stallone is very underutilized in this movie. Like he almost doesn't even have to even be in it. I hate to sort of say it, but because I love Stallone, but like he's there to say like five lines and to be Stallone. That, that's that's literally it. Like you, I felt like that they're just like we just want Stallone to be in here just for a moment. Like he probably his his moment was more relevant. Like in the second one where mm-hmm. he had a moment with like Yondu. And they kind of had that back and forth. And we see how Yondu was kind of um, um, expelled from the Ravengers because he broke the code. We wonder why and everything. So um, he was just kind of more of like a hangover. But I thought they would do more with them. But I guess that's where Gamora has been. But I, I appreciate the movie also had the balls to say, yeah, you're not always going to get the girl. Even it's the same girl, the whole time travel thing. Yeah, because, you know, she's the one who got kind of jacked up when everything goes back. I'm also the point where Starlight's like, you know what, fuck it, Thanos, give it, we, we need to get him back and reverse everything. We, where's Flash at? Run back in time and fix this. That's wrong series. <laughs> That's okay, it's a multi-dimensional thing, we'll figure it out. <laughs> There's been crossovers, we've seen them, we've heard of them, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, they've been on nerd boxes, I got... <laughs> okay. I, can, I can show you how this exists. <laughs> Fucking, they, there is a... God, there's a Howard, what was it? There is, like, Punisher, like... Was it Punisher, Punisher or Batman? Punisher, Fun. Batman. There, there's Punisher, Batman, and then like, sh- then like Bruce Wayne, Agent of Shield. Yeah, so there, there's weird shit. I don't yeah. even remember what I, I remember. I think I don't even remember what there was like Wolverine mashed up with a really weird one. I don't remember who, but yeah, it was something very. Well, weird I just remember there was the one that because I have a bunch of the cards of it because they came off the back of nerd boxes from like nineteen. Lobo the duck. Lobo the duck. That was yeah, really and you like you collected them all and then you could like stack them out and so on like that. Um, I want to say, and uh, then there was a comic book series that went off. But I remember the battles were like there's some ones that's like okay that makes kind of sense, and then there's ones that were like really bizarre choices. Like oh that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> there's Lo- there's there's Lobo the Duck instead of Howard the Duck. Yeah, you get some weird stuff like that too, where they did the fusion dance, you know, and mm-hmm. get there. But um, but yeah, like um, yeah, no, I, I think it is kind of interesting that the Gamora thing never doesn't really come around, and so it, and then there's almost like that weird part with like the Nebula thing. I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe Pierce should just go after Nebula. Why not? You know, what I mean, <laughs> well, I even kind of like how quickly he's easy to like kind of switch over like this is that part where she says look whoever you're interested in it sounds more like her and then they're both laugh it off and he just seriously just stares at her <laughs> like he's taking it like, into consideration like i never like, thought about that like he like he's just like maybe <laughs> you know she's like fuck you no <laughs> yeah i was never into bald chicks before maybe i am though i don't know shit <laughs> i go for the punk rock thing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I like Tank Girl. Yeah, I can go with this. Um, th- there is like, uh, there is like, um, what was the other bit from that? There, was the, I thought the whole part when they're in the elevator, because we were just going with the comedy, and this is a case where maybe I didn't laugh at every joke, but there's no like moment. There's where no felt- bad joke, I guess, where you're like, oh, Jesus, are you kidding me? Like that, like there's no fourth wall breaking where it like it takes you like where you feel like you're in a slapstick film. Like it's almost like, uh, you know, one of the scary movie type jokes. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, you went to that level now. Yeah, it doesn't do that. There is the part where I thought that it was kind of funny where, because every so often, um, these these the MCU films, they do the thing where they talk about, like, what happened previous, 
previously in a way where it's kind of like someone who hasn't been watching the movies kind of gets them caught up, kind of like that whole conversation between the three Spider-Men and um, No Way Home, how mm-hmm. how it's almost kind of like, are you even watching these movies? Okay, well, here's kind of what happened. They just have a funny conversation in that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that I felt like the part when they're in the elevator says like, funny fact, we actually dated, I, we actually dated, but then she died. Why? Her dad threw her off a magical space cliff. A bunch of people came back. She didn't for some reason. I don't know why. I didn't, I didn't make the rules. I'm not stuck. You know, just like <laughs> agitate. Like there's just something about that part. They're just like, you know, like this also had, this also breaks the first MCU record of dropping the first uh, saying fuck for the first time. And they did it in a weird place, I thought. Like, because I thought, because I, I somehow that was one of those random ones where, like, I ran across that, like, right when I, like, opened my web browser, it was like, oh, the first MCU F-bomb is. So I kind of knew that it was going to come somewhere. And what I really thought it was going to be was the part where, like, Gamora's walking out and she's like, screw you. And then I thought she was going to walk and go, no, fuck you. Like, that's where I thought it was going to be because it felt like it was building up to that. And then she said, screw you again. And I was like, huh. That's weird. And then, like, it's like they say it like when he's in the car. And I was like, that was a random place to put that in. Like, it was like such an unnecessary, like, you know what I mean? I thought it was going to be a place where you're like, yeah, that makes sense. There it just felt like we, we, we need to fit this in. Uh, we don't know where else to do it. Like, do it with the car scene. Just push the fucking button. Well, I just thought it was funny just because, you know, he's in a rush. He wants to hurry up and get there. And then they get to the door and then she's just having trouble because, you know, just like it just it takes way long. That scene takes a minute. And then she's like, now what? Open the fucking door. <laughs> it just it felt so sincere. So... <laughs> <laughs> but it just, like it just wasn't it was just it was just a, it, i mean maybe that's part of it. it was just like it was a funny place to use it at instead of using it like where i guess you would probably get the most impact you got it just more as like a joke kind of thing well, here's another thing um and i might be looking too much into this but I've, i'm i'm thinking about like um because mcu they they work in steps really when you think about it um there was that period where just kind of like they only really popped like, you know, there was just like, okay, um, the movies are coming out and then we had Avengers and then maybe there is like, uh, and then like, you know, Avengers happens and then we're getting up to, uh, let's say, Oh, um, Ant-Man mm-hmm. and then casually, very casually, um, Falcon fights off against Ant-Man. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I wasn't expecting to see, like, two superheroes in one movie like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And then from there, we get to Captain America, Civil War, and then, and then like, you know, it's just, it's basically a, a whole, like, other Avengers movie minus Hulk and Thor. Yeah. And then it became very common for a character to, like, didn't happen every movie, but it became common for, like, this isn't this character's franchise, but this character can pop up in this film. You know, maybe this fuck bomb is that leading us up to the R-rated movies. I got a feeling because I feel like they've been kind of like there are steady steps like that. And it, I mean, I know I'm just bringing up more like franchise narrative things, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't surprise me if they're treating like R-rated stuff the same way. Well, you, you, I hate to always say it like there's always that business view. I feel like there's like, yeah. you know, there's a level of like straight, the entertainment part that the average person only sees, but as you kind of get through, there's the different deep, deeper layers. And there's always like the, the business tactics that they have to implement, you know, it, it's the equivalent of like DC always doing the thing where a lot of times there's uh, these lead ups to these other characters, you know, they throw them in a video game, they throw them in an animated movie, they throw them in that boom, there's a movie. We at least kind of got it out there, got the word out, you know, and so on. I can kind of see that. Like, it's like the testing the waters. If you if you can get away with it in Guardians of the Galaxy, what you know, what can you do next? You know, it's it's one of those things. 
I don't know how far off Deadpool three is, but Deadpool three they said will be rated R, and um, Blade will be rated R possibly. So they're already. Um, I think they're all right. Well, let's we go. We got we got to rip this band aid sooner or later. You know. It, well, hopefully it's getting back. We're getting back to a. Hopefully, I guess as like the two thousand twenties go on, we'll actually get more into a a darker edge time. Not like. You know, but I mean, like, because, you know, that the, the 2010s was like the it was almost one of those light eras. We had, you know, movies and entertainment always shift where they go through waves because really like the 2000s was the one where like we got some pretty violent and bloody stuff. And, you know, movies kind of did push the envelope and all that kind of stuff. And then it was almost like then there was like the pullback in like the 2010s, like, whoa, 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 let's ease it off a bit. So hopefully we'll be going into another one where it's like, no, people don't care. Like, you know, what? just make what it go for whatever you want, you know. I feel so like, hard. Yeah, it, come, it comes in waves, and I think this movie definitely. I could see this movie almost coming back like once or twice with an R rating. Like, all right, let's really we got we got to trim some of this shit down because <laughs> the idea of what the, I know we keep in we've mostly been focusing on Rocket, but really what they put him through in this film, and even that scene where he just like where uh, his friends die in the in the lab. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and, and his reaction is he screams like he can't <laughs> comprehend what he just saw. Yeah, and then like he picks up the gun, and starts killing like everyone he sees in his room, and like in in the room, and then just like goes to town on the high evolutionary's face, and then later you realize what he's been wearing the whole time is a mask. He peels it off, I'm like. His face. I'm surprised that got PG-13. When you see what his face really looks like, maybe that's the classic thing. The, the f bomb was to make him look this direction while you pull the mask <laughs> off over here, because that that's always like it's like the South Park thing. You 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 throw something over here so they're more focused on this, so that you could do something more extreme over here. Well, there was like um, there was stuff in the Batman animated series they would do like that. Like they, they use the the South Park. South Park would use the like, I don't know which one who did it first. I guess probably actually Batman animated. Obviously, series obviously Batman's way earlier than yeah. South Park, but yeah, I don't know why I drew a blank on that. Yeah, Batman. Um, they had like a bit where like a um, where like uh, in the script where Harley Quinn pushed in like a baby carriage. It was like lunchtime, boys, and you just see like a bunch of hyenas eating out of a baby carriage. You know, so like, like okay, okay, cool. That now we can get away with like you know uh, Tim Drake's family dying. You know, just something kind of like that. Yeah, you so. you have those sort of sacrifice ones. Well, did you ever play the Guardians of the Galaxy video game that came out a couple years ago? No, I wanted to. I heard it was That's good. one of those I th- I thought it was extremely good. And the take that they have on kind of the Guardians characters, I thought was awesome. And it's one of those ones you probably could pick it up for next to nothing, though I also want to say it's on PlayStation Plus nowadays too, so you can get it there. And you can play it on PS4. That's what I played it on anyways. Mm-hmm. Um you don't have to have anything new for it since it was like still at that time period. But um that one had such a cool take on all those characters and whatnot. The music was badass in it too because the the music was all heavy metal themed, which I thought was made. I liked it even more because it was like, oh my gosh, you're gonna have like when you have Kiss and you know Iron Maiden and all this kind of stuff in here and like a bunch of cool you know Motley Crue and all this stuff. I'm like oh, I was already so hardcore sold on that, you know. Um, but the thing was interesting is when I was playing that game, I they they they, they were using that. You know, when like in the old comics, where they call it, they say like flack instead of fuck. But like when yeah. they, when a lot of the characters say it, it doesn't always sound like flack. It just sounds like fuck. And I was like, because it would just kind of come up and be like, did, did Rocket just say fuck in this game? Like, you, you look say at it real the, quick. It says yeah. teen. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? And then they, they were saying it like so often in there after a while that you're like, and let's be honest, like, it, 
I don't even if you say flag, it's kind of like the censor thing. We all know what they're saying. Like that, that doesn't. It's like what does that really mean when you censor something? It like literally is the same exact thing. Like in your mind, it translates instantaneously. But that one was pretty much they're just saying fuck pretty much like every like other word in that you know game the whole time, which is kind of ballsy in the sense to have the whole way through. You know, so that's almost like a good example of like what that rated R uh, Guardians of the Galaxy would be like is that video game. Yeah, well, I, I need to check that game out. You, 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 I, I'll say this because you can get it for like next to nothing now, or get it on PlayStation Plus. Like, go out of your way and try it. it doesn't, it's not that long of a game. I thought it was super fun the whole way through. I think the take that they had on Guardians, I, I liked almost even more than the movie versions. Mm-hmm. Well, even like, um, because you mentioned the music and that, that had more of you said more heavy metal emphasis. I'm kind of even though I liked all the weird like '70s and '80s pop they'd have with a little bit of classic rock in there. I appreciate this one started just like, all right, let, let's mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I did like that too. I mean, it does have that thing where like, sometimes there's almost like a little too much music. Like, I feel like they just put music in places just because that's what Guardians are so associated with. Like, we're, like almost that like, we need to sell a soundtrack kind of thing. Like, like it's just like, oh, we, we got a space here. We're in space for a second. Yeah, you got 25 seconds. Throw a song in there. Like, like there's almost something like that where they, they don't feel like they have the impact that they necessarily had like in the first two movies. Now they just feel like they're almost a little bit shoehorned in there. It's not the worst, but it it more feels instead of feeling like, hey, there's just a cool song that goes along with the scene. It feels kind of like there's there there's just somebody said put a song there. Depending on the song, yeah, there would be because I thought that was interesting that the um because you know the first Guardians opens up with Redbone and he's all like dancing to it and you know it's 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 fun. It's letting you know mm-hmm. what you're in for. The second Guardians opens up with um Electric Light Orchestra and yeah. um, Mr. Blue Sky. Mr. Blue Sky. And um, and then um, this one opens up with the acoustic version of Creep, and no one's dancing around. There's no action scene or anything. It's just Rocket kind of in his own head, and he's just kind of walking around, checking things out around nowhere, making sure everything's running okay. And he's kind of having to pick up the pieces and be the responsible. We're used to seeing him being the smart-ass the smart ass shit talker, which he still is that to some extent, but he's a little bit more of like making sure everything's just running right. And cause he has to pick up the pieces cause mm-hmm. Peter's like just getting shit faced all the time in his own depression and how it's just this movie, how it just opens up. You don't think gardens of galaxy is going to open up with creep by Radiohead. Yeah. And he's just walking around like, Hey, yeah. Just seeing everything, you know, not, not that much funny stuff is happening in the background. No, yeah, it definitely is kind of an interesting way to sort of go about it. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah, the songs they pick, it's a, it's another, you know, good soundtrack and everything throughout it and the kind of mixed match of genres and so on. I did feel like at the very end when they picked like the 2000s, I was like, okay, whoa, 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 you're going a little bit farther now, but back it up to at least the 90s, <laughs> 2000s, like, practically, you know, now you're just getting to practically modern music. Put that Bruce Springsteen song that was in the credits, put that, fun, like, replace that song with that. I, I didn't mind the Florence the Machine song, but actually, now that you say that, I would have really would have liked to hear Badlands there at the end. Oh yeah, because I was looking at the credits, I'm like, oh sweet, Bruce Springsteen. Why is this like the second song of the credits? <laughs> yeah, because Badlands isn't just like one of my favorite Springsteen songs. It's one of my favorite songs. So when I was, I, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of cheated and I just looked at the soundtrack. Like I just see, well, what who's in this? Because so, I'm just kind of fun to look at it and figure out what the music's gonna be. I'm like, oh, Badlands is gonna be in this that's got to be an emotional scene wherever Badlands pops in. And like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the second song in the credits. It's kind of like when you saw like cat, like um, father and son was going to be on um, second, um, second guardians. Like, 
oh man, this is going to be a fucking tear jerking scene. This is going to be a really sad scene when father and son plays. And then like it is, you say, what's, what's Badlands going to be like, oh, oh, okay. There's Kevin Bacon from the Christmas special. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was, I thought I was like, oh, okay. As I said, the, the, like the, yeah, the 2000 one was, I just felt like, yeah, we have enough movies that have that kind of music in it. Let's just uh, keep the guardians at least somewhat themed. Like, I, I don't care what it is. Like, I like the idea that like, no matter what, it should still be like, give or take like peter's music collection you know as i said i go back to the game because what the game sort of does is it's like okay here's peter's music collection but here's his 70s and 80s like heavy metal like stuff so you know aerosmith black sabbath you know anvil um except all those kind of bands and i just thought that i'm like there's other music in there too but like it has like you know half the soundtrack is literally like hard rock heavy metal theme and i just was like that is that's kind of cool because it just adds a whole other dimension to it and so on like that and literally like when they have flashbacks of peter it's like shows him in his room and he's got like a really like a heavy metal vest on with like the patches and like the cut off sleeves and he's got kind of like the long hair like slightly mullet kind of look thing going of like 1981 like all mm-hmm. of, like he's just about to go to see a judas priest concert or something <laughs> oh okay okay so it's a little bit more in that yeah um, I guess the only connection is like, so, cause I was also popping up in the time when there's a lot of like eighties nostalgia constantly. And it's just like, no, I, I like, you know, no, I get eighties nostalgia nineties. I mean, look at my room, like the, the, the office right here. You can kind of see yeah. all this shit, but at the exact same time, it's like, I get it. I get it. I get it. But so, but I, I did enjoy majority of the music choices. They did seem to still focus mostly seventies and eighties, but then it really like, it wasn't just that, but I will say like the, I, I mean, I like the song in the meantime by space hog, but that part where they're just in the brightly colored suits, just jumping down to like the planet with pubes sticking out of it or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a little bit like, or you're just grass gets stuck in a butthole. Yeah. Yeah. You're just trying to make it look like a, a music video right now. Cause I was getting just kind of music video vibes from that, but I'll say this, that, that whole, that whole part where they go to the, uh, where everything is organic and all that, um, uh-huh. to that facility. I like that scene, and a lot of the funniest bits from the movie come from that scene. But if there is something you could probably trim, you could probably make some of the stuff in that that part of the movie a little quicker. I think that's the movie. It doesn't. I'm not going to say it necessarily lags because there's no moment I was bored. But I, I guess that's kind of where um, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I guess because that, that there, there's a lot of funny stuff in there. But that was just one of those areas where I feel like if there's anything that could use probably a little bit of trimming, I guess it was that. Yeah, it's one of those ones, and it's weird because it's like it's got Nathan Fillion in there, but he's kind of another underused sort of. It's like because I saw him pop up in the credits, I'm like, oh sweet, Nathan Fillion, and then he's kind of just there to be in a goofy, you know, m- you know, little kind of mobe suit, kind of I don't know what it is like. Looks like some kind of bacteria thing armor he's wearing, and yeah. it's one of those ones where it's just like God, it's like because that guy's such a great actor, and I've always felt like he's always kind of got the shaft, you know, he's never been allowed to like to be just like a starring role character beyond like a TV show, you know, or an animated thing. Or, I mean, he's in video games and all that stuff. He's there and he's awesome. And I still think it's like, one of those, even though he's older, I'm looking at him the whole time. I'm like, dude, I, he still should just be green lantern. Like, I don't care. Just make an old, I think it'd be cool just to have an older green lantern and just have Nathan Philly and play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was double checking some things. I overheard. Cause I think that character's name is max. And I was just double checking something and nope, not the case. Okay. So here's actually a funny thing. Now that you mentioned Nathan Fillion, mm-hmm. um, I might be mixing things here, uh, but originally there was going to be um, somehow um, Nathan Fillion was going to be playing um, Wonder Man in um, 
in um in Guardians Two. And there's going to be like in Wonder Man, aside from being a superhero, he's also an actor. Mm-hmm. So there's something that was going to happen to where because um, there's like backs, there's like photos, like just kind of teaser photos. But then these are scenes that never got used. I don't know if they're on the DVD or the Blu-ray. I don't remember check seeing them or checking them out. But apparently all the shit that happened with like that seed ego planted and there was like it behind like a Dairy Queen. <laughs> Originally, I guess that was going to be in a movie premiere to a Tony Stark movie where Nathan Fillion's character was the star of the movie. And he was and just because the name of the Simon whatever was the name on the poster for Stark. So there is apparently all these like he was going to be like technically Wonder Man in the MCU. But I guess that scene got cut or something got happened. So, yeah, Wonder Man just got put on the. He, he's always sort of the forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just such a bummer because it's like that guy's like I feel like he he just gets older and older, and it's like he, he's like Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless is another one too. It was like amazing actress that like, you know, of course you know Xena and all that stuff, but it was like felt like there's so many times where it's like she should have been Wonder Woman like in the 2000s. You know what I mean? Like what the heck did you like not do that for? Even even literally in like the the last Wonder Woman movies, like she should have still been Wonder Woman like. You know, it's just like I feel like these these TV, you know, in a sense, I guess, because they're TV actors are not they're not real actors, according to like, you know, Hollywood. So there's that weird thing where it's like, no, 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 they'll just get sideline roles. One, I hope, because, you know, um, Nathan Fillion finds his his way into anything that James Gunn makes. Mm -hmm. So when they do the Green Lantern show and and hopefully there'll be crossovers with the movie. Hopefully it's kind of like, okay, here is Jon Stewart. He is the new Lantern, and he's pretty good. He's upcoming, but his partner is a guy who's been at a minute for a minute, Hal Jordan, played by Nathan Fillion. Like that. Yeah, that, that, that's 100% the way I think. Because like, as I said, watch him in this movie. I'm like, dude, even if he's older, like that would be the perfect way to go about it. Like have him just be the guy. He's 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 already been at it for years. You know, because especially like one of those ones, like you can just do the thing like Hal Jordan – he left Earth one day and never came back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now he's coming back after 20 years. You know, one of those kind of things. Like, he's just been out spacing it. And yeah. now he comes back to Earth. You know, he's protecting the Earth. But, like, you know, you know, he protects it so that you don't, nobody on Earth knows that he's protecting it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have the guy who still has, like, a lot of family and a lot of care for Earth. And you got the guy who never wants to go back to Earth. You know, that duality thing. But, yeah, um, well, like he doesn't need to necessarily go back. I and mean, that's that's why he just has to be older and experienced and so on. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, but no, I thought even even though he was still somewhat, he he had a lot of his character. Because like there's something funny about like how there's a one guy in his squad that he's always just talking shit to. And like he just like he just looks for anything to try and bring that guy down. And then he turns like when he's talking to the um, lady who made Adam Warlock. Says, you got an idiot on your team. I get it. I mean, I got this guy over here. This guy, I'm so proud of him. He's so good. He's uh, he's come a long way. I'm really proud of what you're doing. But this guy over here, he's like, fuck. Every day. Every day. I think I was like, so, that's not what you said earlier. Yeah, like he just kind of like, because he's like, he, I just, it's so, I don't know, just like, just turn another guy. Like, I'm so proud of this guy. I love this guy. This guy here, though. Just, like, and the guy's just like, what I do? <laughs> like he's just trying to be that. Like there's that part too where like Dave Philly explains something, and he's like, you know, like well, you know, like one of those capacitors on a thing. Like that. He's like, oh yeah, man, I know what you mean. Like, like what you do when you like someone's trying to tell you stuff about something you don't know. He's like, I just made that up, fucking idiot. 
Well, I, I mean, I, I thought you said something else. <laughs> it's like he's like he lived that thing. He's just trying to fit in. I felt felt bad for that guy. I did too. No, like that whole um, like like that like I think a lot of the funniest parts of the movie came from that scene, that area of the uh, that that location they were at. But even even the whole part where like even though it was still kind of like you know kind of a little silly, it was, it, I just still find it funny. Which is the part where like they like um. Nebula, not Nebula. Uh, Mantis throws the the clothes into the thing, and you see the the spacesuits go by out there in space. Like, oh shit! You know, I mean, that's kind of MCU s comedy, but I still thought it. Worked. But that's not slapsticky though. That that's like something yeah. that like you would do. You think it's a bin because you're on a mm-hmm. spaceship, and then you realize like, oh no, that's just an ejection pod. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. Uh, and another thing, I was actually surprised how hard they went on is when they land on the um, experimental planet and they get there. I was like, okay, they're going to load a bunch of people into the ship and get out of there, right? Like, no, that whole planet fucking dies. That yeah. little girl, like, Drax bounced a ball out of her fucking face with, <laughs> she's fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, Drax has a lot of actually really good moments. We haven't even brought him up, but there, there's some just great scenes. Like, I even like when they're at the, like, 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 they show up on that planet, they go to that house, and Drax just finds a couch and just, like, puts his feet <laughs> up, lays, lays back. On. He's like, dude, that's not what it's for. He's like, what do you mean? It's multi-purpose. <laughs> it's a very confusing design. It just keeps on laying down. <laughs> you know, because one of those ones like Drax and Dave Bautista, like that, that is just like a great character no matter what, all around, you know. And um, even his kind of whole, like, I guess, arc throughout the whole thing is just one of those ones. Like, they make him out like he is the idiot guy, but then at the end of the day, it's like, no, he's actually, he's not Drax the Destroyer. He's Drax the father figure to many children. Yeah. <laughs> well, so- some, something about this movie that I um, I just popped in my head, and it's going to sound kind of weird, but it's kind of like Toy Story 4 in a particular way. <laughs> yeah. In the way of like, yo, this is what I've been doing for a long time, and this is what I'm good at, but maybe I'm ready for something new. Because that's kind of where everyone goes at the end. It's not one of those things of like, because for a minute, like everyone's just like, I bet one of the guardians is going to die. I bet one of the guardians is going to die. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, if someone if going before I saw the movie, I was like, well, it makes sense if somebody was going to die by the end of this. And then I'm watching it. I'm like, I don't feel like, I feel like the only person they're setting up to die would be rocket. And you don't want to see rocket die. Cause he already went through all this shit. And then the movie ends like, Oh, they're all just kind of going off in their own separate directions. And that's, I still think fitting and it kind of leaves things open in a way where I don't know if we're going to get more guardians movies, but it wouldn't be hard if like the new guardians led by rocket would pop mm-hmm. up in like, um, in like side characters in another movie down the line. Yeah, well, because that's the thing is that like it, I felt like it was going to have like sort of like some kind of slightly definitive ending. No, I didn't think like I thought that actually if there was going to be characters that was going to be Peter Quill. I thought he was the one that would die because in a sense, all the other characters sort of like I feel you could kind of carry them on and other stuff. But it feels like we, we got to get rid of the guy who costs the most amount of money and like sort of <laughs> like, like 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 once again, like I always think business wise, how, how do you do that? Rocket Raccoon, we could have him go forever. He's CG. You know, he's you know what I mean? He's not he's not a real human. You know, mm-hmm. we, we could you could even just always put another voice over him, and you know, generally the average person wouldn't even notice. So, like, I felt like that one was pretty safe, and so on, like that. But um, I actually kind of like the way they went because it's like it almost leaves off that like, oh yeah, we could literally do a Guardians four like 
we're, we're just it's almost like we're just taking a break you know and then even that new team with rocket i was like i would i would see a movie if, if there was a movie and it was like all those characters you know where um you got like adam warlock in there and you got the craglin uh, yeah craglin all that and then they even got the little white-haired girl that like drax says which i'm not sure 100 who that is but whatever that is that team right there looked pretty sweet yeah, but here's the thing. I don't think they would make that movie with those characters because you don't have like a um, no offense to um, no offense to um, Sean Gunn, but you don't have like a real like good looking leading like like man or woman on that team. Well, I mean, you got Adam Warlock, but regardless, he's all like makeup. He's gold. He's gold. Yeah. So gold racism, you know. So it's one of those things where um, I don't think they would do that with that team. I think that's a team we're going to see the pop up like in spinoff shows and other movies that help someone out. But I don't think they're going to like, here's a bunch of CG characters, Sean Gunn and um, Adam Warlock and a little girl. This sounds so weird. Speaking of the gold thing, does does Adam Warlock and his sister or whatever give you that kind of weird vibes that like when you see him on screen because they're so golden, it makes me slightly kind of gives me a nauseous feeling. I don't know why. Just like it's almost like too much gold. And I just kind of felt like like almost like like I know they're designed to be pretty, but I'm like, I feel like it, it gives me like the opposite feeling like I like I don't like like they're, like they're almost like sickly or something like that. The gold people in the first one, there's just something like, even though they're all they're they're all meant to be good looking people, they're so shiny and plasticky almost. There was just something about them that was off putting, and I think that's meant to be like that. I think they're meant to be the living embodiment of Uncanny Valley. Yes, yeah, because that's how it is. Like it, it 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 makes my stomach slightly turn, especially like when I'd see like Adam Warlock's sister. I don't know why. Like when I was his mother, technically. Or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Technically, according to issue 63, printed in 1974. <laughs> you know, it'll be like Valerian. You know, remember when the brother and sister fucking banging each other? That was fucking weird. It's like, oh, they're not brother and sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was French. It was a French comic. I just made assumptions. <laughs> I, just, I thought that was what it was all about. <laughs> you know, it's one of those ones where... Um, <laughs> you know that, that's how it was it's just i don't know what it was it's just i think because like the eyes are gold too so it may i don't know it just gives them this weird like sickly kind of look you know but i'm not, I'm not saying that like i don't i like the adam warlock character as i said that rocket team and everything would be cool i do think that you can't really sell because you know the average per that the downfall is is if it was a let's say it was an animated movie you could sell that because you're selling it to like a direct audience when you're selling a movie you're selling it to such a broad audience that the average person would be like there's none of the main characters are in it. There's Rock Raccoon. Well, he's not a main character. He's like sort of a side supporting role character. You know, they, if, if Peter's not in it, if Gamora's not in it, like I feel like the average person's going to be like, that's not the Guardians. I, yeah. I mean, I would, I would see it because yeah, I would 100% is- say, I, I thought, I, I personally thought it looked awesome. I'm like, dude, that right there, that's, I want to see that movie next. Rocket's my favorite character of the Guardians. Probably yeah. one of my favorite character. And as long as Groot's there too, because that's another one too. Is let's, we haven't even mentioned this. Groot. I'm glad they finally fixed Groot after like you know all these in between movies since Guardians One. Because it's kind of weird to think that Groot was only really good in Guardians of the Galaxy One. Because after that, then it's like they they did all the novelty Groots where you're just kind of like I, I just felt like it was like when's he gonna turn back to regular Groot again like I'm I'm kind of especially like the the teen angsty Groot that was the one that was like oh, okay let's deal with this now well I'll say this like first um the first because technically 
I always thought of it as still, I, mean, I guess it is still technically Groot, but he looks different. Because when you look at, I, I actually, I like the design of the first Groot the most. Yeah. And because even this Groot still looks kind of like a baby Groot grew up because his eyes are still kind of bigger and all that apparently it's meant to be no that group died but we took some of the plant and planted them and this is a new group it's like so a new it seed have, i guess so it doesn't have all the memories of the past group and that's why his shape and face is kind of different so i was hoping he's going to turn into something like the other group but i do like how he goes like kaiju group like and this one it is kind of like they're like you know what the whole thing with Groot in the first one is he's big and he's caring. That's he's mm-hmm. a big, caring, quiet guy who's capable of violence when it needs to happen. That was his thing. And then everything else was novelty Groot and for each movie until we get to this point. And this point, he's not as like we've we've kind of seen that before, but he had a he almost kind of like Groot, just be the MVP of the team. You know, like have like you, basically you're the new right hand man. You got to carry all the guns, and they're gonna have a awesome shootout with Star Lord. And yeah, whenever there's an action scene, we know we can rely on you. He just basically becomes kind of like, yeah, we had all the silly, funny Groots. Now we're back to there's a couple of jokes, but it's not mostly humor by this point. Well, the way I sort of pictured it in my mind is that, uh, okay, Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy 1, that's like kind of in a sense like old wise Groot because he's been around for so long. That's why he's kind of long and lengthy. You know, he almost even looks like the trees from like Lord of the Rings and stuff. And I felt like this Groot here, it's like this is almost like young buff. This is like Groot like in his like prime. Like he's like 25 years old. He's like a linebacker. You know what I mean? Like that's how I pictured him here. It's like he's young, but he's not as old as he was in that one. So that's why he's kind of buffer. His head's still a little bit small because it hasn't grown. He hasn't grown tall and wise Groot yet he's now he's just like badass like action star Groot and I, I love the way that he was in this but finally I'm like finally because it's like okay baby Groot that, that's cute and all and this that's fun I know that's there that's there to sell fucking action figures and stuff and that, that's cool and like the like the teen angst group like that's fine for like one joke but when he's stuck around for way longer than he needed to it's just like can't he just like at one point like I don't know somebody throw some like you know miracle grow on him or something like that and just get him back to normal well I assumed that what was going to happen we had baby Groot in the second one and I assume something was going to happen where like a deus ex machina moment where they all where he needs to suddenly like get big like you know and like a moment of desperation he grows and gets big and becomes the Groot we know again then like oh no they're really stretching this shit out they got how many different different types of Groot action figures and stuffed animals you can get now because of this so it was definitely a marketing ploy it fits into that category there's baby Groot the baby Sonic thing like you know baby Yoda like people have realized if we now they got baby Rocket like I feel like people are just they're 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 really like milking the baby like version baby Mario baby Luigi You know, well, baby, even baby rocket though. It's just a baby rocket is a little raccoon. But at the, at the same time though, like, like going going back to Rocket's story again, when he goes into the room with the animals, like I like how the movie literally stops for a second. And I, I think she, I think James Gunn is pretty good at the, these. But when the movie literally stops for a second, and he comes to the old room he was held in, he sees all the other baby raccoons, and he just kind of looks at them, and he realizes, holy shit, this is. This is what I am. This is what I am. He looks at it and realizes that's why he keeps calling me a raccoon. I'm a fucking raccoon. He doesn't say it, but he just looks at it. And then he opens the door for the first time. He has like a connection with something else that's him. Like something that's something else. It's like one of his own species for the first time. And it crawls up and like touches his nose. And it has like this moment where it's like, 
we got to save them. You know, like that, that, that moment, I'm not going to lie. I got a little teary eyed on that moment. There, there's a, I feel like an alternative scene that would have been kind of hilarious there, but it's, it's almost too complicated for the average person. But like he would have looked and then went said the description, it said Tanuki. They'd be like, Peter in your fucking face. I'm not a raccoon. I'm a Tanuki. A Tanuki <laughs> is a raccoon. You dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> like it would have obviously broken the 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 moment they had there but i felt like if you want a good joke right there where like rocket <laughs> does kind of do one that would have been kind of a funny one it, it totally you have to switch everything around but like you wouldn't just throw that line in there but that's like a phase two joke yeah it's like one of those ones where like but like that that's kind of it like yeah it's like yeah that is a fucking record it's a japanese raccoon <laughs> they fly off their balls oh yeah you see that Miyazaki movie? Um, <laughs> It'll change your life. Um, I'll say, like, I thought uh, we were going back, going back to the music for a second. I think one of the best, one of my favorite scenes of the movie, and I heard some people complaining about this because it seemed like it was trying too hard to be cool and it was trying to force a song. I can understand that, like, you know, there's no reason to have the song other than Peter had his earbuds in. But I really like the Beastie Boys, like, corridor scene. Like when you know, just, that, that's one of those where it's like that song's kind of getting so overused, but I will say it definitely did work there. It's just funny because it's like literally like Mario Brothers was like three weeks ago and like there yeah. it is right there. Now Mario makes sense because they are in Brooklyn, Brooklyn. So I mean, like it totally does. This is one of those ones where like it doesn't have any logical sense, but I feel like it did work. And I don't know. I mean, you kind of hate sorry, Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys needs resurgence anyways because the children have forgotten Beastie Boys. And I think that if we, we put them back in movies, we can bring them back again. For we'll years, for 80s, 90s, 2000s, the Beastie Boys was always hip. Everything like that. 2010s rolled around. Beastie Boys started to become lame with the kids. <laughs> yeah, we got it. They got to bring them back. We got to bring them back. Yeah, but... we, we got to bring them back. They're like Freddy Krueger. You know what I mean? They've got to remember. <laughs> Play their songs in enough movies. They'll regain their strength. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, like, so... uh, Oh, yeah, just go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying, yeah. I mean, that's one of those ones where it's like, yeah, it's like, that's one of those songs you start to hear it a lot in movies, but I'm like, eh, it, it does work. And I'm there. Well, even that, that scene, I liked how, like, brutal that scene was. And sometimes when you have, like, we're going to have an action scene, we're going to have the song play in the background of this action scene or whatever. Like, that can kind of go either way a lot of the time. But that one, just because even though it's not a super fast-paced song, just that dun 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 dun, like it's just just slowly kind of walking in, they're just matching, and like I don't know this how they try to make it look like one long shot, and each guardian gets a moment to like fuck someone up real badly. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it, I thought it was a pretty badass like action scene. You know, even when Peter was throwing all those things on there, I was like, is he gonna blow them all up? Because by this point in the movie, I'm like, I feel like there's been a lot of violence going on too. Like, shit. <laughs> oh, he just shocks him. Okay, okay, he he played it safe. This is, I think, probably <laughs> one of the most violent MCU movies. Definitely. Yeah, it's kind of weird because you just don't think it's like, oh, what's gonna be one of the more violent ones? Oh, it's Guardians of the Galaxy three. <laughs> Yeah, they literally kill us a planet of like humanoid space creatures, like literally like a furry's fucking wet dream. Yeah, <laughs> there's even the part where like they're just like they're seeing like kids buying like there are things that they just flat out say it. There are things that are implied in previous movies, like there's the thing in like Iron Man three where I'm surprised they implied it, where like they imply um, the fake Mandarin played by Ben Kingsley. Is mm-hmm. like having heroin nod offs. Like I'm, I'm surprised they imply it. They don't flat out say it, but they imply it. Where this, they flat out say, you got octopuses selling meth to kids. So it's like, 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, everything's seventies themed in this thing here. It's like it's like that guy went down to Earth for like you know a couple months, be like, okay, I, I think I understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Okay, okay, you know, like, and everything just did have that weird like seventies suburbia kind of vibe to it. And well, I guess that's also interesting because it says like, okay, that was the last time he was at Earth. He's here now, so he's going off of his memory. So that's actually kind of an interesting and how long it took to build up this society. And I thought I also think I mean I I hated the the high evolutionary. He's a horrible, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there is some interesting things about it. Like the the concept of a guy that like he runs a genetics company and that's how he makes all his money, but outside of the borders of like international like international, but intergalactic space law shit that's where he goes and tries to make different societies to see what he can do and play God since there's no law governing over him over there. So I, I just think that's kind of an interesting concept. Yeah, no, I think he makes for a good villain. I think that's one of those ones. He, he gets the, 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 the almost like one of the old school superhero villains is the, the mad scientist kind of one, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that one's just this guy out here way out in deep space, just like, doing his thing to try to perfect things and it's just it never works out perfectly even like when he creates that fucking mutant ninja turtle thing and like rocket season and the things like freaking out in there and so on like that and then he just ignites it so it's like see didn't fucking work out yeah yeah like, like even that, that part like, yeah, is... that's right fucking ninja turtles fuck you i killed you on screen <laughs> <laughs> or like or like a, or a deal to make a team and team movie went bad james gunn like you know here's what i really fucking think i don't want to do your stupid fucking turtles movie. i want to do four fucking turtles that have the entire dc universe at my fingertips get fucked like all right james shit jesus jesus you didn't have to burn the turtle on the screen in front of children no i did i did they have to know <laughs> you know so it's like one of those ones there you know and of course rocket somehow has like the the calculation and, you know, that, that dude never can figure it out. He's like, damn it, that raccoon learned it in, like, six months. Like, we're working at this for, like, 600 years. That was, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that was an interesting, that whole thing, like, just the idea of, like, how, like, you, you, you watch him be, like, like a piece of shit. And then you see him kind of give just a little bit of kindness to Rocket. And you know it's going to go bad. But you see him give a little bit of kindness. And then when Rocket's able to figure something out, he's just like, no, no, you're not made you're not made for this world. You're you're a step. You're you look like you're put together with chubby fingered children. We can't let you be roaming around across perfection. And like it's like what the fuck? you know, just like the heartbreak on his face right there. You know, well it's weird because it's like you kept all like the Duke Nukem looking pigs out there that are like half cyborg. Like like aren't they the same thing? You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I guess muscles, muscle, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I guess if you have for guards, yeah, and then yeah, the, the, yeah. Then you get to, to your weird furry world, which I guess if that's what you think perfection is, is furry world in the seventies. That's where I'm like, yeah, well, how's that? The per- I mean, I, they, they, he says he knows it's not perfection, but the idea of like animal people and like seventies aesthetic, you know, looking like the Brady Bunch. How's that? I mean, Brady Bunch, but you know, still. <laughs> Like, it's like if, if I guess, you know, Tarantino and Rob Zombie would be like, well, 70s perfection. That, that's where we always like to have our stuff at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best year of cinema. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, um, I really liked this flick. And I think this is like, because I know you can't talk about a Marvel movie without talking about the potential of the future of Marvel that said, I appreciate that we were just able to watch this movie and not talk about like 
the 800 stingers or references implying the future of Marvel. Like you're able just to kind of watch this, enjoy it. And like, you can maybe speculate a little bit about like, where's it going, but it's not like, okay, well that character is actually from this comic and he's going to come back later, which I like, but after a Mm -hmm. while it's after every movie, it starts to build up and go to old. Well, it's kind of nice that it, it is sort of just a bottle film of like, it's just Guardians. I mean, Thor doesn't yeah. show up in it. There's no other, it's just, it's just Guardians. And I thought that was actually kind of almost like the better way to sort of go about it, you know? It's just, that's it. And let's just kind of keep it at that. We'll go there. Even at the end credits and something like that, they're just, they're just, they're still Guardians. It's just, it's not like, oh, here's somebody else walking in here or something like that. I, I kind of felt like I, I give it credit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that about it too. And the whole thing with, um, with because I feel like Phase Four, I think Phase Four probably is even though it has Spider Man No Way Home and Black Panther Two. I think mm-hmm. Phase Four was definitely the weakest of uh, the phases in my opinion, just because they range from like oh you know it was fun to it was okay. Um, and well, and I think this period is supposed to be kind of a lull period. Mm-hmm. Like everybody always I, that's what I hear everybody's always like oh it's just these movies are just coming out they're just not that good. I'm like. I think they're just supposed to be they're 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 almost like intentionally supposed to be kind of just like these like sort of forget sort of forget sort of forget and then I feel like they're going to start in, you know bringing them back up and maybe this is probably about the time when they start revving them back up cuz you had Black Panther that was really good. I mean I I even liked Ant-Man 3. I mean and then you have this one here so I feel like they're they're starting to sort of rev their way back up. The next one is the Marvels. Yeah, there's I the think. there's the Miss Marvel one that actually that because I saw that trailer for the first time, there was a bunch of new trailers I saw, and that looked pretty good. And I liked how, like, I mean, I, I didn't see the Miss Marvel or any. I apparently learned that a lot of those characters all appeared in all you know the TV shows. Once again, I'll know nothing of this, but all I did is when I saw that trailer, I was like, oh, that's actually really cool because you have original Miss Marvel, then you have seventies uh, black Miss Marvel, and then you have Kamala like the Pakistani Miss Marvel. And I thought like that was kind of a cool way to have all of them in one movie together. And I felt like I'm like, that's actually a cool kind of team up. I was kind of impressed with that. Yeah. The um, so um, uh, Photon, uh, Monica Rambeau, she actually she was a little girl, actually. And um, and um, Captain Marvel in the first one. She was a little girl. Oh, I, then, I, 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 okay. Is this, I only saw that movie once. So I, I kind of now that you mention, it, I remember that part. And then and when they come into WandaVision, they mention um, her mom, uh, Carol Danvers' best friend, died of cancer while she was um, – because she got blipped away. She got blipped away in the Thanos snap. And then she came back, and she was kind of – and she's kind of – she holds a little bit of a grudge against Captain Marvel because she went away in that time, and she was in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So I'm, um, Monica Rambeau is, was in WandaVision. Yeah. So uh, she kind of holds a little bit of a grudge, like you know, you're you're like our you're the best friend of my mom, but you you, you where were you all these years, kind of thing. So she they didn't see each other yet. They haven't seen each other yet. But that was kind of like her vibe when Captain Marvel was brought up. And then um, somehow in WandaVision, I don't remember how exactly. I think after encountering Vision, like the new like White Vision or whatever, um, mm-hmm. something happens to where she gets similar powers to captain marvel so now i guess this is the movie where all three of them are coming together and this miss marvel had her own show so yeah miss marvel well, that was one of those characters i didn't know anything about that character but like in that uh avengers game that came out like right before the guardians of the galaxy one she was kind of like in a sense like your i guess uh 
that, that starter thing. character kind well of like kind of like the main character what, what do you want to call it? like you're almost your avatar character to the world oh, you played it you played as everybody but like she was kind of like the gateway character in and then you found the other marvel characters and i was like as well as characters i just i've, I've seen that character but I did, i've never read a book or anything and i was like that's actually kind of a cool character and i liked her backstory and i liked everything about it and i was like so i feel like that was a fun one you know, they have, even like the TV show, even though I never watched TV shows, so I never seemed to have time to watch that kind of stuff. I felt like that was like, well, was like, that's kind of an interesting one. I wish that was a movie because I wouldn't mind seeing more on that character. So I think now that there is a movie that's got her in, I'm like, okay, there we go. They, they, they solve all my problems. Well, I'll, I'll say this. A lot of the Marvel shows, like there's been no Marvel show that's been flat out bad, but majority of them have felt kind of like... Um, I put this extended but, movies like that. They, they, yeah. they could have been a two hour movie, but they went to 10 hours of a show. WandaVision made sense as a TV show because each episode's or most of each episode is a uh, different era of a sitcom. So that makes sense. Loki worked out as a TV show. It could have been a movie, but it, it worked out as a show. And even though I, I really liked Falcon and the winter soldier, it was a good show and I was in, engaged the whole time, and I was really enjoying it. I like what they do with the characters. But at the same time, I was also thinking, like, you could have probably wrapped this up in a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour movie. Same thing with Moon Knight. Same thing with Hawkeye. Like, mm-hmm. all good shows, they just feel like they could have been, like, a movie, in all honesty. Like, there was, like, the story was not so, like, expansive or, he- or, or like needed that much deep diving to get into it like moon like you know because even moon Knight, there's like um it's really good it's really good but then they get to like a point where they get to like a a temple in egypt and then they they spend like most of this episode trying to figure out puzzles to get to the temple and they're getting away from like a zombie or of or something that's chasing them down and it's like this this was a movie. This part would have been a lot shorter. We could have got the chase a bit quicker. So yeah, God, that's, that's always that's always like one of the main reasons I just don't like to watch TV very often is because it's like it they 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 almost get that point like where can we save money on our budget? Okay, just keep them here for like five episodes, and I think that's what's always it. It's like you know like that's like one of those ones like that technically wouldn't even happen in a comic book. That wouldn't happen. You know, in a movie, of course, because you would just get past it real quick. You know, it's like I feel like the way that TV show needs to work best. I know it's not the cheapest way to do it, of course, but is that every episode should be like a continuing journey, you know, like an anime or something like that, where like, you know, you're always going somewhere. You're always going somewhere new. You're not just stuck, you know, somewhere like, you know, it's it's. It's like, I don't know, if Pokemon can mind. You know, Pokemon, you're, just, you're on a journey. It's going to be, you're going to be a new place every single time. If, if Pokemon was a live action TV show, they would be in Pallet Town for like 10 episodes. You know what I mean? Like, they would milk that set. <laughs> they, would, they would, like, hey, before we leave Pallet Town, we need you to go out and prove how good of a trainer you are. You got to go and capture like, a retab- basically be Arceus, like, <laughs> but like in the form of a show. Go out, capture five Rattatas, and yeah. you know that gives you time to bond with this character <laughs> right here. And then after that, like, oh, what's this? You stumbled across. You, be fair, the show as it went on became full of filler. Like, we got to teach this Clefairy how to sing or whatever the fuck. Or like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying there's not, but at least they're always in a new location. I'll give them more of that yeah. credit. You yeah, know? no, it would be like five seasons. It'd be like a whole season before, like, okay, now on to get our first badge. But first, oh no, a forest with bugs. <laughs> See, and and this is where uh, me and Wes of VVHS were watching the Young Indiana Jones show that we always wanted to watch my entire life, just never could afford that stupid expensive VHS set at like Suncoast and then the DVDs and so on. So um, now finally watching that and uh, that show. Now, granted, it comes with George Lucas's, you know 
you know, biggest movie maker budget you can possibly have. So he can kind of pay for whatever he wants. But that one, every single episode is literally Indies in some place else in the world. You know, it's mm-hmm. like where in the world is Sar- uh, Carmen San Diego? It's like where in the world is Indiana Jones in like the 1910s? So the fact is, is that show's never like he's never stuck in one place. He's always somewhere. I mean, he's like, he's like Forrest Gumping himself around the world because he's always meeting some you know, historical figure and something like that. But like, you know, every episode he's in like a completely different part of the world almost or something like that. And it's, it's never like the same thing just over and over other than maybe Indy banging some new lady in each episode, but (laughs) you're watching CBS, just like pants at the, just opening shot, just pants down at the ankles, like in a bathroom stall. Fuck, yes! <laughs> well, for like literally like like the last eight episodes, it's just been like Indy like on a bang spree. Like he's just like finding all kinds of like every episode is just some somebody new and he even gets himself where he's got he's like he's banging I love three girls. Pull, yes! <laughs> There's even like one episode, he's literally he's like he's like I was like I'm banging three girls at once, you know, but I don't I don't want to say no to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like bring me a steak if I say no or shit, they'll think I'm <laughs> It's like it's like what's well, what's he's like. Well, what's so hard about that? Well, have you ever tried to go out to dinner with you know, have three dinners in a row because you don't want to say no? <laughs> Wait, does it do like the sitcom thing, like an episode where he just like one second just like changes his clothing and just runs over like some Miss Doubtfire shit and sits pretty down much, pretty much. That, that, that's really, and, and then lays like here, have some more chili dogs. Oh, I don't know. I just had a steak dinner before this, and then I gotta go to, then I gotta go. Visit my actress friend now. Oh God! Just oh. <laughs> as George is like, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like swing some way here. Not only am I gonna swing, like, hey, I'm George. You know what the fuck I did? I'm also gonna bring in some industrial light and magic shit. Literally, he's gonna shit his pants on his way over. Like George, I think you're mad with power. Like, shut the fuck up. I'm George fucking Lucas. I know what I want, and I know what I want to see on this fucking screen. Exactly. I want him fucking falling out of his fucking out of his pants sleeve as he's running down. Like shit, shit, shit. Like, it's Indiana Jones. Yeah, I know. Like, why? We all got to start somewhere. You've never been in this situation? Like, no, George, I haven't. Well, fuck, you even lived. Shit got crazy in Modesto. Yeah, exactly. Shit. You, you must have not had a good car when you were growing up. The latest part did. <laughs> he has it easy. He just has to, like, run from, like, one side of the street to the other. I had to, like, get in my... Mu- I had to get into my fucking, like... Like my, my fucking like Shelby in a whole ass across town. Yeah, exactly. One of those ones. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's what I love about this Indiana Jones thing is it's like everything's always a different place every single time. And I wish more shows were like that. I think that's why like a lot of shows just nowadays is like when when they get stuck in one place, it's like. Mm. There's, there's, there's no adventure or something like that you know what i mean or it's like it's like even why, why like even sh- like older shows like xena and hercules and i brought that up already but like they're always in somewhere different they, they never just like hang out they're, they're always on some new quest or something or another but um but yeah getting into that marvel stuff there coming back and whatnot you know i'm glad there's a miss marvel movie coming out that's like so i don't have to watch those tv shows i can just go okay there you go there's, there's all those miss marvel characters put together in one You're and they're miss marvel yeah. captain marvel is a fucking dc character that's originally another company's character <laughs> You're, you'll be watching that, and you'll be like, if there's something you don't know, like, oh, I don't watch the show, so, okay. You know, you're at that point where if you... <laughs> That's just how it is. I just, like, some stuff is like, uh, Kevin Bacon's just in the credits for some reason. Don't know why. 
<laughs> Boy, I thought those other, I thought, you know, Nathan Fillion was underused and Stallone. Kevin Bacon seems really underused. <laughs> His picture's only in the credits, you know, along with Bruce Dean seemed like it'd be in like the second song. <laughs> I'll only say this. It's a Marvel movie. So we know that everybody's sitting there to listen to the Bruce Springsteen song. If it was any other movie, the second song in the credits means that nobody ever heard your song, probably. <laughs> yeah, we're going to learn these kids some Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. But um, but no, I, I thought, as I said, I feel like even the more we talk about Guardians 3, I actually even like it even more. Like, the more that I kind of think about it, like one of those ones. I mean, I walked out of it, I was like, oh yeah, it's solid, I enjoyed it, something like that. But the more I talk about it, I'm like, no, that, that, that one's pretty darn good. It's fun all the way through. I'm glad they got all the characters dialed in. I mean, I, I, that's the thing. Is like, it's one of those lists where it's like, I like all the characters. Like, I, every mm-hmm. single one of them. I mean, I like pretty darn close to equal. Of course, I have my favorites. But, I mean, I like Drax a lot. I like Mantis a lot. I like Gamora a lot. You know, all those ones, I think, are all really cool. Even all the side ones are kind of interesting ones, too. Like, I can't remember, like, all their names. But, like, like those Kraken characters. Like, and Cosmo. Yeah, I was going, yeah, Cosmo and all that stuff. Though I think Cosmo shouldn't talk. I feel like that seems weird. Like, that, that was about the other things. I felt like I, I, I kind of liked when Cosmo Morad's did it. daughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like one of those ones. It's not bad, but I felt like it was a little bit like, it was like, eh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, sort of, sort of like, it's like, seemed more interesting when the like the dog just has that psychic abilities i mean i don't know i guess the, the dog talks and uh, a boy and his dog and it's in the comics so that's what they're just going off of yeah yeah so um but uh but yeah all that stuff is kind of interesting and so on like that there and uh if it, it'll be if where, where they're going to take these guardian characters next and so on it leaves it very open like it's not like a let's close the door on this it's not like we killed iron man and made captain america old it's not like one of those ones where it's like i don't give a fuck if he's old put the shield back in his fucking hands <laughs> send him back out there <laughs> <laughs> bring in uncle sam if uncle sam tells him to go back out he has to that's his that's his weakness that's his kryptonite <laughs> Here, look. We'll give. We got. We got him some. We got him. We got him a wheelchair with some shield, like 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 uh, vibranium hubs. Okay, look at that. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Like ding ding. You know, it's like an Aussie. Some rotating concert, rims like, that are the Captain America shield. There you go. As long as we can keep wheeling him out there on stage, everybody's gonna keep showing up. That's what they want. <laughs> I mean, I think they'll say that. Um, I think as far as like solid. Um, I I think that. Marvel MCU has a couple of solid trilogies by now. And I think that's the Captain America movies, the Spider-Man movies and guardians. I think those three, I think those three franchises all have a really solid trilogy within them. Um, And then like, which I'm the weird one. Like I, I really like all the Avengers movies, but infinity war is my least favorite one. And everyone's just like, (laughs) infinity war. And my favorite one's the second one. That's the one I like the most. My, my most favorites Endgame, but second, is the second one I like? Yeah. I really like Age of Ultron, and yeah, that's the I, one people are like, Age of Ultron. Really? Yeah, that's like one of my favorite. I, 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 I literally, I probably would say that's almost my top five favorite of those. Like one that's like Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like you know, like I, I, those are the ones I really like gravitated towards. Yeah, like Guardians, No Way Home. Um, yeah, uh, the, like Endgame. Yeah, just I. Yeah, they, they, well, they got a lot in like Winter Soldier, of course. But yeah, um, no real set list, but just randomly off the top of my head. But yeah, no, this was a really good movie. And I, I think you could just kind of like, if they don't want to come back, then they don't have to come back for it. They could be retired if they want to. You know, I think that's fine if that they do decide to do that. 
Well, because it's, it's the kind of fine thing is a lot because there is those people out there go, oh man, like the Marvels kind of get to the end end of their like rope or something like that. I'm like, actually, no, they just they haven't released their biggest fucking load yet. That's the thing is that like <laughs> these characters are all the minor characters like in a weird way. X Men is the like has always been the bread and butter for like the longest time. Slash, you still have Spider Man, young and prosperous, and you got the ever classic Fantastic Four. I mean, like I feel like. It's one of those ones like Fantastic Four, X-Men, and Spider-Man. You could run for like 20 more years on those three alone. Just you saying like, no, they just haven't reached, they haven't reached their load yet. It's their biggest load. Like, like Kevin Feige's like, guys, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't jacked it for like two, two whole weeks. I'm going oh tantric. <laughs> when, when we're ready to really talk about Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and X-Men, holy shit, clear the room. <laughs> Yeah. Be, it's gonna be ground zero because <laughs> i just take this or say like literally x-men alone is just as many big characters as every single marvel character they've done so far like that's the that's the thing about x-men is x-men that's why that's why a lot of times i always have a hard time even putting it in the same you know section as other marvel stuff because x-men's already so massively huge as is it almost feels like it's like it could be like you know there's dc there's marvel they, and then there's x-men like it almost is like that big of a branch well, I mean, we won't know till it happens, and sometimes some of this shit comes out and things change because box offices or a pandemic or any number of things. Mm-hmm. But um, um, and plus, the guy uh, Anthony Majors, I, I'm, I'm not sure he may have gotten fired from being um, Kang. So who knows what direction they're going to go with, or if they're just going to change the way he looks or something. Um, uh, just get a raccoon to come by and scratch his face off and put a new one on. Yeah, it's just that's, that's to every universe. So it happens in every universe. No, like um, so the, the, they, that's their flashpoint paradox. It's the it's, it's the rocket paradox. <laughs> um, there's a uh, apparently they're gonna do um, they're doing um a big uh, they've already announced because they don't want to do as long winded like you know ten year series like they did before um they want to make it more shorter and to the point secret wars avengers secret there's like two they showed like a slate and there's a bunch of blank spots in the very end of the slate there's like two avenger movies and i think the last one is like secret wars so and i think something in secret wars or in king something in one of those is one of the reset points in the comics so people think what's going to happen is this is going to be like, they're going to finish this one off and then reset everything. And maybe some characters will stay. Some characters go away. Cause at the end of the infinity, the infinity gauntlet series, mm-hmm. that's what initially that, that was one of those hard reboots where everything was leading up to this point and they restarted it again. So, yeah. So there's all, you know, I mean, th- that's not out of the question either or something there, but as I said, like literally because in a sense, Spider-Man's really only barely, started as far as like this version of spider-man like you know because you know all the previous stuff he's in he's more just like like a slight side avengers character he hasn't really had spider-man spider-man stuff for the most part so i feel like he's starting off you got the x-men you still haven't even touched the fantastic four other than like that little cameo in doctor strange 2 like there's still a whole lot that's gonna come down well the thing about spider-man and don't get me wrong i really like the um I love Spider-Verse. I'm really looking forward to Across the Spider-Verse, and I love all the MCU Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. That said, 
you got a very you got a fucking wild card there you don't know what the fuck they're gonna do you got sony <laughs> sitting there like whoa, whoa 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 we can't do that just yet because we got a craven the hunter movie and we got a movie about a, a spider-man villain who is from like the 70s and he was in two he was in two issues and his whole thing is he's a dj and he does music but hey we got donald glover playing him so therefore it, it legitimizes itself to be to, to exist so you got so you got like you know and then they got bad bunny being like they got they got a movie for for a spider-man villain where bad bunny is the star and he's like a he's like a villain who's only like in two issues and he's like a neutral libre wrestler so it's one of those things where it's yeah, just like what, what is this japan like they're like like what's a mexican to you uh lucha libre like what are there are there is there anything else over there like my <laughs> <laughs> buddy oh okay oh, yeah, he must be he must be a real good lucha libre no no he's actually that's not what he does <laughs> i always just I know, know if like he's the, mexican i don't know if he's mexican, no well he is but... i mean i'll say this he was in bullet train he was good and he was good in that so i like i like I, i'm not opposed to that whatever whoever he's playing you know. but it's more of like, does that character who popped in two books need like a, a movie? full movie? Yeah, no, that's always kind of the problem. Is I'm actually gonna say this is like, uh, did you see that uh, Blue Beetle trailer? Because I saw that pop up on there. Like, I saw that. It felt, yeah. it felt like uh, Warner Brothers was like, go hard on that Guardians one. Like, put some money down and put our trailers in there. And I was like, it looked interesting, but it, I hate to sort of say it, it had that same thing too. Like that looked like that would be a great movie for 2006. But it's just like, I, I hope there's more to it. It just had that same thing like, whoa, I got superpowers. Whoa, I can do this. Oh, God, it's dangerous. Like, and I was just like, ah, I, I, you know, I, I want to like it, but I'm like, that, it's one of those ones like, sometimes now I feel like, can we just get to the point where like the, the characters are just, they're already superheroes and we, we don't need to see the goofy origin and him trying the powers out for the first time. Like, we've it, had, we've just, that's the, the teenager getting the superpowers is kind of a, a subgenre within superheroes now. It, it really is, and it's over. It's like Blue Beetle. It's like I, I was kind of, I was excited about that. I think that's a cool character. He's always kind of been one of those backburner DCs ones that you see once in a blue moon. But who's? It's actually still surprising. He's actually getting his own movie. It's like if you're going to spend money, I'm surprised that is it. But it's like he's one of those characters. I hate to start say it. He, he could almost probably just appear in anybody else's movie, and that would probably be fine on its own. I'm, I'm not saying maybe, maybe it's going to be great. I'm not. I'm not. But I just, I kind of hate that. I have that feeling. It's going to have that feeling like it's going to be old school it's an origin movie he'll get his costume halfway into it there'll be one villain um here's the thing i'll say this um i uh we'll wrap it up here soon um i like blue beetle i think he warrants a movie by this point that said um that trailer didn't look god awful or anything but it looked because like all the effects look cool and no yeah it doesn't look cool, bad but, but like but it looks like I, I feel like i've seen that between between shazam and um, Spider-Man No Way Home and a lot of other like th there's other ones that I'm just I'm drawing a blank on where it's like a teenager learning the superpowers. I mean, literally Spider-Man 2001. Like, I mean, well, I was like a 35 year old man, like, like I'm in high school. So like, actually, <laughs> you know, like, you, you just, just make sure to disbelieve and so on. <laughs> just saying, like, it's that thing that like, I just feel like that, that that was the one that you know through the 2000s it was fine to kind of have that kind of movie i feel like once we got past the 2000s and we're literally past the 2010s and we're still mm -hmm. kind of falling on the that that easy origin story movie yeah well i mean i'll say that i thought there was enough differences about say like even like spider-man no way home and uh, spider-man homecoming just because 
Tom Holland, he wasn't, but he looked a lot like a teenager. And it was like a ground, a more grounded MCU movie and more grounded Spider-Man that we've seen before. And it felt like it was coming at things from a different angle and he's being mentored. There was just a lot of things. Well, and that, he was already established bef- you know, previously yeah. in movies. So, yeah, we didn't we didn't need that. We didn't need to see him get learn his powers and all that. And then Shazam, it's a little bit more of like, well, this is what a kid today would do if he got mm-hmm. powers. He would make YouTube videos and he would do this kind of shit. And this one, it just looks more. More of like kind of that but i mean it could be good i'm hoping it's good. yeah i, I am too I, I mean as i said I, i'm not i'm not saying it doesn't look cool or anything i'm just saying it does feel kind of i don't know i just i, I almost feel like i kind of wish you would have more it's kind of like you know i'm just looking at some of those ones like the dc ones it's kind of like i saw the new flash trailer as well too which the new flash trailer is just shit it's like out of the way flash bat signal bat signal bat signal oh yeah it's a flash movie by the way <laughs> Like that, like that. It's like it's like it's like eighty nine Batman, you know, whatever. Like two thousand twelve Batman, Superman, Man of Steel, yeah. Oh yeah, it's and Shazam, or it's, it's actually yeah. it's Flash. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, like like I just feel like it's it's like at that point where. I, I, the one that I just hope of that movie, I just hope it's not a Batman v Superman thing where I, I'm seeing everything already. I I really hope that they're gonna have some some surprises in that movie because that's the only thing is I I see all that and go, God, is that the whole movie though? Is that the whole movie in that trailer? The movie already uh, played at CinemaCon and they say that there is some surprises. They have not dropped in any of the trailers yet. But you've already seen most of the movie. There is some surprises, yeah. but you've seen most of the movie. But, that, Just, that's what I kind of fear for. It still looks good, you know. And it's, let's let's be honest, it's barely even a Flash movie anymore. It's like literally Flash just happens to be the main character, but it's like so much so, like Batman just you know putting his you know Bat Cal in the way. I'm irritated because they revealed kind of like I mean I could have saw it coming, but they and I won't tell you, but th- like I follow uh, McFarland Toys on Instagram Uh and they have like a line for the flash movie coming out and they revealed a figure. I'm like, why the fuck would you show that before the movies even, it's going to be a month before the movies out and you show this, couldn't this have been a wave two right here? God damn it. Yeah. It's like, I I just, yeah, I don't know. People just don't know how to properly advertise anymore. I just, I, yeah. I don't know why it is. It's like, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, I know I things know are going to sell some plastic, but fuck. things are going to leak, but it's like the thing where they just intentionally just put it out there. It's just so silly. It's just, you know, and it's kind of it, like from looking at the figure, you can parse together what, what like, well, I mean, are you, you know who the character is, but you can parse together ideally how the character gets there from if you look at it and like, Jesus Christ. So yeah. it's and I'm things. assuming it's not a captain cold figure. <laughs> No, it's not Captain Cold. God forbid you have a movie called The Flash and you don't have <laughs> have Captain Cold or Mirror Master or fucking Somebody. Boomerang or like yeah. or like Weather Wizard or someone. Yeah, I think that's the only thing about that that Flash one. Fuck, top. I'll good. take top. Shit. Yeah, it looks cool, but it's it's not a. I, I kind of hate to say it, it's not it's not a Flash movie. It's like is it, can you really call it a Flash movie if he doesn't really have his villains in it? <laughs> you know. I heard Golden Glider might be in it, but I bet if it is, it's probably they're stopping her from robbing a bank at the beginning. I, if yeah. it's anything, it's probably something like that. It just shows her gliding, and then she just gets caught like in a windmill or something like that. Instead. <laughs> like, oh, good. Like, Batman just like, get down here, bitch. And just brings her down. Slams her down. This is hard as all can. But Batman Flash is like, oh, 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 sorry, I didn't get here in time. Bat's like, Barry, you got to get on top of your shit. You know, just gets on the bike, runs her over, just puts the wheel on her, and just starts revving it. 
it's it's Ben Affleck Batman, so he very well might do that. He's like, hey, it's not Gotham, so it's okay. <laughs> I can do this stuff. I'm out of my jurisdiction. I can... it's, it's it's like you know what I mean. It's like I'm a father on vacation, unsupervised. <laughs> <laughs> And it's 1972. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, no matter what, there's all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, I'm looking forward to all these things. As I said, like Blue Beetle, I'm looking forward to, you know, of course, you know, Flash and all that stuff there and Miss Marvel and all these other movies coming out. But it is that kind of one, though. It's just like sometimes with some of those ones, I just I kind of I just wish there was more secrets in life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. superheroes are supposed to be fulfilled with secrets and all kinds of hidden stuff and espionage. But it just sometimes doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Well, we'll get there. I mean, you know, this is all leading into this Flash movie is also going to lead into the um, reboot for DC Universe. So we'll see what yeah. we end up with after that. So I, I think that will be the interesting part of seeing how that kind of all comes together. But uh, but yeah, that's like a month away or so. right? Yeah, it, it's literally it's June. It's like and that's also when Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny comes out, which Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. So a lot of shit. Yeah. That month. Yeah. So it's like it, it's a it's a good time of uh, all kinds of movies and so on like that. So looking forward to it fun times ahead but um yeah if anything check out guardians of the galaxy 3 if you haven't played the video game like ryan i think you got to go check that out that one's i i, I him. It. yeah i mean i, I remember I, I told that to buddy and buddy said like, like he went out and checked it out and he's like man that game was fantastic you know it's got it's got all the twists and turns i will say i think the storytelling in it's like top notch you know what i mean it's it's i mean i'll say it's, it's better than a movie like that's i mean it's a video game so it's kind of easier to say that but like it's it's dialed in it's, it's like the avengers one that avengers game was super good too um but uh we'll have to yeah. check on out yeah cool things to have go do that go to oldmanorange.com for more podcasts comic books like pizza boys old animations and all that other fun stuff i'm Spencer scott holmes and i'm ryan dunnigan and we'll see you some other time later folks <laughs> <laughs>